We are so happy that you are able to join us for today's message. Our hope is that it will encourage you in your walk with God and inspire you to reach those who don't yet have a relationship with Jesus. For more about Global Heart Church, download our app today or visit us at globalheartchurch.com. Enjoy the message. I titled my message tonight, Sorry, You Look a Little Lost. Sorry, you look a little lost because wherever I go, whatever I see today in our culture and the time that I'm living in now is even more so than when I was 18, is a very lost culture, very lost generation. So I'm entitled my message, sorry you look a little lost. Maybe you're not lost tonight. You're like, hey, I'm saved and I'm walking in God's plan. But this is for everybody who's not quite sure yet because God wants you solid and secure. He wants you solid and secure in His purpose and plan and solid and secure in who you are, your emotions and your spirit. And as somebody who was raised in violence and abuse, fear, poverty, psychological abuse, I, by the time I hit my teen years, was angry, numb, and extremely insecure. But grew up around AA for, from probably about 10 to 17. AA, uh, NA, Narcotics Anonymous. AA is Alcoholics Anonymous. Al-Anon, which is for the partners, husbands, wives, children of alcoholics. So I grew up around a whole lot of people who ended up uh, with life-controlling issues, ended up with addictions. And so I grew up with all the lost people. And then in the 80s, they brought out the vampire movie, The Lost Boys. Who remembers that corny vampire movie? Which really should be a title for this generation more even than that generation. Because in this generation they are now making it an educational requirement that you be lost. And the universities are training everybody to be victims. When I was 18, we just were victims who were growing up in those environments. Now they're training you to be a victim. Find where you are oppressed. It's going to be somewhere where you're oppressed. And they're training this generation, you got, and you've got all those people, who, and many of the generation now have suffered. I'm not taking away from that. But then they go to university or to education, and they're actually giving you a degree in victimhood. Everybody, can I encourage you that I am no longer a victim? I'm no longer a victim. And I'm not going back there. And what they're doing to people today, it's horrendous. Teaching them that somebody's oppressing you everywhere. That's the last thing I needed. I needed somebody to tell me how to get out of this problem, how to get out of my pain, how to come alive when I was numb, how to have hope, how I could have hope to change, how I could have hope to have a different life. I didn't need anybody coming and telling me, oh my gosh, you're oppressed here, you're oppressed there, you're oppressed there. I knew it. You didn't have to tell me but I needed somebody who could come and say, Jared, you no longer need to be a victim. You can become a victor. 
And I want to encourage everybody here, you can become a victor. You can become victorious. But you have to get sick and tired of being sick and tired. Some people aren't sick and tired of being sick and tired. I was sick and tired at 16. Felt like I was 46 because of all that I'd had to carry with my parents. Can I encourage you? Get sick and tired of where you've been at and go, I'm going to become a victor. And I'm, Hello, I'm going to become a victor, which means I'm going to need to change. I'm going to ask, have to ask a lot of questions of a lot of people who are ahead of me in the game of life, in the late game of Jesus, really. The game of Christianity, ask a lot of questions from those who've got fruit, not those who just talk. There's a lot of talkers. I needed some walkers. Get around people who are walking it out so that I could lose being lost. Everybody here tonight, the, right now our culture, we've got alcoholism and uh, drug addiction everywhere again. Got people medicated to go to bed at night. Can I encourage you? There's no shame on you, shame off you tonight in Jesus' name. God loves you. God is for you. God loves you whether you are an addict, whether you are taking prescription medication. God loves you no matter what. Shame off you. Shame off you. But after all my years around all of those programs and around, around uh, broken and lost people, and how funny that my mom's family were all wealthy, all educated, and then she ends up married to my dad, and I end up growing up in that environment, always watching on my wealthy family, and realizing to this, at this day that God placed me there so that I'd be able to help bring people out of there. In Jesus' name. Some of you right now, you're growing up in a family not to be, in actual fact, like that family. God allowed you to be there to show you, hello, life and pain and challenges so that you grow an empathetic heart to help people come out. In Jesus' name, we need to help people out. Everybody, tonight, the way out of addiction is connection. If you want to get out of addiction, it is connection. Everybody who's suffering with addictions, it's, it's a connection issue. And so you got to, can I tell you, I'm going to give you the answer in two points. Connect to God because you need supernatural power to get out of an addiction. Next one, connect with his people, number two, and you will start walking out of addiction. In Jesus' name. So tonight, if you're a little lost still, that's okay. We serve a great God who comes to help the lost boys and the lost girls. You know, 1 Kings 18, it's a couple of verses there, quite powerful, in line with our prayer week this week. It says, then Elijah said to Ahab, go get something to eat and drink, for I hear a mighty rainstorm coming. That was very powerful because God had told him to declare that there was going to be no rain for three and a half years, and there wasn't. So Elijah was as popular as a pork chop at a Jewish wedding. <laughs> he declared God's will. So Ahab went to eat and drink, but Elijah climbed to the top of Mount Carmel. Look at this, bowed low to the ground, got down, bowed low to the ground, prayed with his face between his knees. I'm not going to go that low in case I have a back thing happen. And he didn't do it just to block people out. He got into that position where he got low. He put his head between his, uh, sorry, his face between his knees, and he put his head down, 
And he was doing it not just to lock everybody out, just so you know. He was doing that because it was the birthing position of the day. That's how women gave birth in that season and that time. And he was doing that to represent to you and I that you need to spiritually birth what God has planned for your life. He was giving birth to the promises of God. God has said, now it's going to rain, the time has come. And so he was, he was getting into that position, not to just lock everybody out. That, that's what I think a lot of people think. No, he was getting into the birthing position of the day to pray through what God had promised. Can I encourage everybody here, if you want to get out of a lost life, get into a prayer position. Get into a prayerful position. That's why being in God's house now for 39 years, I position myself, why? Not, and, and soup. we position ourselves together as teenagers, why? Because we wanted our lives to be different. We were lost children, and we wanted to get out of that, and we wanted to have security, and we wanted to have confidence, and we wanted to be different. And so positioning ourselves and praying God's will through, then set our boys up. Can I encourage everybody, never treat God's house lightly. Never treat God's house lightly. Never. Ever. Because the moment you get casual, the devil's in the door. And you might never have had a life like mine. But it doesn't mean the devil can't take your children to that in one generation. One generation, he can take you to where I came from. And I don't ever want anyone to go there because it was hell. So you need to position yourself humbly and prayerfully in prayer, and then in God's house, so that your children and grandchildren don't have to go through what I went through. I said to Sue today, I was driving down the road, and I got a big tear in my eye. I suddenly had a revelation that it's nearly March, and uh, Nathan and Kerry are having our first grandson in June. Did I tell you I'm having a grandson? (laughs) And I thought, Lord... When I was a teenager, Lord, help my family that Sue and I have. Help our family that we have to be different. Help us to have a new generation. Help us not to go through this again. And now I thought I had a tear today going, my grandson's on the way, and he already is set up with with grandparents who love God, parents who love God. That little boy is going to arrive on the planet into a new day in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. God wants to reveal to you His plan so that you're not lost. I love Psalm 25. The secret of the Lord is with, is with them that fear Him, and He will show them His covenant. The secret of the Lord, hello, God wants to reveal to you His plan, His covenant, His kingdom, His purpose for you. But the secret, and, I, and if someone's got a secret, do you want to know the secret? I want to know the secret. What's the secret? Well, the secret of the Lord is with those who fear Him. And fear is reverence that changes you. Fear is reverence. It's a reverence, not fear, God's going to get me. It's a reverence of who He is, and it changes you. A lot of people, you know, I've been saved 39 years. Watch a lot of people come and go. And a lot of people with the chat, but the ones who are fearful, I know who the fearful ones are. They position themselves in God's house, and they're still there 10, 20, 30 years later, positioned. I'm like, okay, you had the chat, but you were actually reverencing God. Wow. You can never tell by personality. 
It's by follow through. You know, you could take a Bible and cover a Bible, and there are things that you wouldn't be able to see in it. But God wants to unveil to you over your Christian life and in due course, His purpose and plan. Isn't that incredible? The secret things of the Lord, He reveals to those who revere Him. Revere Him. Revere. Reverence is like adoration. It's weighty. It's costly. It's heavy. If you're revering, it's not just, hey. (laughs) It's got cost to it. It's got reverence to it. It's weighty. It's like, this is, this is, this is, this is a big deal. <laughs> and I need to change my approach in order to give God the dignity he deserves. 1 Corinthians 2.14 says, But people who aren't spiritual can't receive these truths from God's Spirit. It all sounds foolish to them, and they can't understand it. For only those who are spiritual can understand what the Spirit means. You can't understand God unless you're born again. I grew up and went to religious school. I was never born again. I had to become a born-again Christian. I had to be born by God's Spirit. Otherwise, I was always on the fringe looking at you, some of you, not all of you, having a big God experience, and I was just the watcher. Well, you've got to decide, are you going to be the watcher of Christians and Christian things and miss your destiny, or are you going to be the person who actually enters in? I hate just watching other people. You know, when you watch somebody play sport or they're at the party or whatever, and they, you know, they just, everybody else is doing life around you. Some of us have chosen not to enter into life because we're afraid. I want to encourage you, shake off fear and enter in and go, I'm going to become that spiritual person. I'm going to become somebody who understands spiritual things. Because it's interesting, you can be intelligent, yet not educated. And you can be educated, but not spiritually intelligent. I get people who got degrees coming out of their arms and eyes and <laughs> temperature degrees. They got everything going. BAs, MAs, you name it. Any BA you need is you're born again. Anyway, <laughs> move on from that. You need an education. But listen, if you're not spiritually educated, Some of the most lost people on planet Earth right now are highly educated people who in their education have become proud through it and then locked out God and now lost all wisdom and insight. That's why God says, you know, he he doesn't, uh, there's no favor for people according to your education. We're only all saved by faith. But I love it because God can use the most uneducated person in the world's eyes who is incredibly insightful spiritually because of their love of God, their honor towards God, their movement towards God, their birthing of God's plan for their life through prayer. But now they're insightful. You can be intelligent, but not spiritually educated. And you can be educated and not spiritually intelligent. Have a think about it, everybody. We need, the, we need the Holy Spirit. We don't need God, and we don't need the Holy Spirit to reveal the Word to us as such. The Holy Spirit, you know, will put a rhema, revelation from His Word to us. He'll speak specifically to you. But the Word of God is revealed to us expressly what God has said. 
So we are there to go, that's what it said. I'm going to follow through with that. Um, but what we need is we need God to reveal to us his long-term plan. I love that. Because the scripture says in Ephesians 1, through the revelation of the anointed one, he unveiled his secret desires to us. God's got secret desires for us, for the church, for you. The hidden mystery of his long-range plan. Don't you like that? God's not trying to come up with something now, everybody. He's got a long-range plan, which he was delighted to implement from the very beginning of time. God's got a long-range plan, and he wants to let you in on it. And uh, I love that. God's not trying to hide this mystery from us. He's trying to reveal it to us. God's trying to reveal his will and plan to you. He's not trying to hide it. But the way we, we receive it, the way we understand it, is by walking in the Holy Spirit, being born again, becoming a Christian, being filled with the Holy Spirit. But I want to encourage everybody to don't get too carried away because some people get so spiritual that they think, you know, God's with me when I go shopping. I go and I'm looking for clothes. Lord, which jacket will I get? Lord, which jeans should I get? Lord, you know, Really, the Lord's like, he's cool with whatever you buy, right? So just don't get too carried away where you're like so caught up, you know. I said to the guy, remember I, told, I think I told him once, I said to this guy, have you got my car keys? And, he, and the guy in church said to me, not here, somewhere else, said to me, no, Pastor Ed, I've only got the keys to the kingdom. <laughs> and I was like, you're scaring me now. Anyway, <laughs> the Holy Spirit is a person, everybody. He's a he and he's a person and he knows everything. He's omniscient, which means knows everything. I don't know about you, but as a revelation to me, I thought I knew everything at 18. Anybody else? How many of you still know everything? No. I discovered I don't know everything. But God knows everything. He knows the beginning from the end and the end from the beginning. God's making decisions knowing the past, knowing the present, knowing the future, and knowing how things will turn out. So I really want to encourage you that you have a decision to make every day. I have a decision to make every day. Here's the decision. Will I accept his wisdom for my life over mine? Will I accept God's wisdom for my life over my wisdom? Will I say, Lord, I don't know everything. You're omniscient. You know everything. Lord, help me to accept your wisdom over my life. The people God uses are the people who go, I don't know everything. By the way, you don't know everything. You don't. You're finite. He's infinite. And I want to encourage you too, regarding God's purpose, we need to grow in knowing God's voice. We need to grow in God, knowing God's voice. Can I encourage you, don't depend on the voice of people. People have mixed motives. We don't know why people are telling us what they tell us. You have to be very careful. Boundaries is a huge thing that you need to develop in your life if you're going to be successful. Boundaries. I'm kind to everybody, love people, but not everybody is my best friend walking with me in life. <laughs> Come to my house and you want to stay over tonight. I'm going to love you, but you're sleeping on the porch. Because <laughs> I got a boundary. I don't know if he's meant to be sleeping in our house tonight. No, he's meant to be sleeping in your house. You got to have boundaries. Work out. Why are these people here? 
Many people have no sense of direction, no compass, no clue. And that's why we end up abusing ourselves. Abuse is abnormal use for what God intended for your life. Abuse is abnormal use for what God intended for your life. Stop abusing yourself. Let God use you for what He intended. Sometimes we're looking for people who make us feel good. I want to encourage you. The Holy Spirit is real. God wants to teach you and show you. I was going to show you that. I found the picture I talked about the other week where Matthias and I were in Europe and we sat down in a hotel and I was talking about our ministry in Europe and a certain city we're interested in potentially down the track. And I sat and said to Matthias, you know, Matthias, if we come to another city like this one we're at now having a look at, I said, we'd be coming here for family recovery and family restoration. So I looked at the history of this city. It really needs family help. And uh, so we talked about it and we sat in the hotel foyer and we prayed on the couch together while they were booking people in. They were kind of looking over at us, but we were really praying together. And I said, hey, let's walk out. We walked out onto the mall, 100 meters. And when we got out onto the mall, 100 meters, I'm praying, put the picture up, guys, now. There's a film crew and photographers in the square of this city. And this man walks up to me. He walked up to Matthias second. I, he did to me first. So you'll see a little white ribbon on me. And he says, excuse me, hello, with a film crew and photographers. He goes, I'm the mayor of this city. And I go, hi. And he goes, welcome. He goes, welcome. Are you from the city? And I said, no, I'm from Australia. He goes, oh, welcome, Mr. Australia. I said, thank you so much. He said, can I put this ribbon on you? He said, it's the first one I'm giving out today. This ribbon represents in our city family restoration and family recovery. <laughs> Matthias nearly fainted. He just fell over like this behind me. It was like God just went boom. And he said, and I said, you can certainly put that ribbon on me. And Matthias and I just looked at each other like within 100 meters. And then he said, we want to see domestic violence stop and we want to see freedom for families. And, and then he put on Matthias. Matthias and I, he took, they took the photo, the film crew's there. We were on the front page of the paper that night. Holy Spirit was speaking to us and speaking to me, pray for this, do this, do that. And then we came home and we came out and anyway, I, anyway, I won't go any further, but I'll just tell you, it just went on and on and on to a pastor and tears and he lost his mind. So God will protect you when you walk in the Holy Spirit. He'll lead you. He was leading us. You're on the right track. You're on the right track. Actually, I did. I said to Matthias, shame we're only here for a day. I'll tell you the next bit. A song came on in English in a city that doesn't speak English. And the song was, don't just stay for one day. Stop and pray. Over the speakers in the square. And Matthias was like, Pastor Ed, I'm going to lose my mind about now. You know, so. you know, I once, I've been to South Africa. Many of you guys are from South Africa. I got a driver to take me when I was younger. I wanted to just go see downtown Johannesburg. So I just got a driver, took me in. And then I just got a driver to take me to Soweto, go and see the people who lived in the township. And apparently I wasn't really meant to be doing that kind of thing on my own, but you know, got one life to live, right? Anyway, it was cool. I did it. And I wasn't, I didn't have any stress about it. I felt like it was okay for me to do. I walked out of Johannesburg airport once on the way to Zambia just when we were starting the church. You guys, I didn't tell you guys this, but I walked out of the airport and as I walked out the door at Johannesburg Airport, I heard the Holy Spirit say to me, walk as fast as you can. Now I've been into a township. I've been downtown. I was one of the only white people downtown. And I heard the Holy Spirit say to me, walk as fast as you can. I'm in the 
airport car park in South Africa. And I knew it was God. I took off and walked as fast as I could. And I just obeyed the voice of the Lord. Got into the hotel. When I got into the hotel, I was like, what was that about? I felt my heart going. I knew it was the Holy Spirit. Got into my room, went to the room, sat down. There's a paper in my room, which is nice. They put the paper in there. I opened the paper and it said, as I turned the page, it said, a tourist from Eastern Europe came in, was kidnapped at the airport uh, six months ago, disappeared, and they were only just able to recognize him by some DNA on his feet. He was kidnapped from the car park airport. I turned the page to see that, and I knew God said to me, you were being watched. They were casing you to grab you. And I knew God had just rescued me from it. And I just sat in the room and went, thank you, Lord. You are my protector. And I knew when I turned the page, God was showing me, here's what I just rescued you from. This could have, you know, this, you were being cased to be taken. Everybody, the Holy Spirit wants to lead you. He wants to help you. He wants to guide you. He wants to protect you. This could be the most amazing year of your life, but God wants to unlock it and unlock your vision spiritually so you can see what he's saying and you can see what he's doing. Come on, he wants you to see it. He wants to understand it. And it comes through openness. God, I'm open to you. I'm opening to you. Maybe for the first time, maybe you need to open again. Sometimes it's lack of commitment too. Once we did open to God some time ago, but then we lost our commitment to follow through, to birthing what God had said positioning ourselves in what God has said, declaring what God has promised and revering Him all the way through the process. This could be the most amazing year of your life right now, coming up. But I really encourage you, God wants to reveal it to you. 1 Corinthians 2 says, For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. Everybody, the Holy Spirit is giving you things freely, but He wants to reveal them to you. Can I encourage you, open your heart. 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 Come on, open your heart. And as you do, God's going to fill you with wisdom and light. Going to lead you and guide you. Going to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit saying, Hey, come this way. Hey, follow this way. Hey, keep away from there. Hey, don't go there. Hey, walk fast across the car park right now. I'm protecting you. I think we've been more protected than we ever know. Some of you have been protected far more than you deserve by the dangerous life you've lived. But God said, nevertheless, I'm in there and I'll protect you. But I want to encourage you, everybody. God wants you to get sharper with Him, hearing Him, hearing His voice, hearing His plan, hearing His whisper, His whisper, His whisper, His whisper, His whisper. So in the day we live, you conquer and succeed in the amazing plan that God has called you to. Can we stand up, everybody, and give God some praise? Can we give God some honor? Can we give God some thank you? Can somebody bless Him? Can somebody revere Him? Can somebody honor Him? Can somebody thank you for calling us? Can somebody thank you for calling you? Can somebody thank you for leading you? 
Could somebody thank Him for speaking to you? Could somebody thank Him for protecting you? Come on, could somebody thank Him for rescuing you? Come on, come on. For more about Global Heart Church, download our app today or visit us at globalheartchurch.com.